and welcome to the Footy Lads Chat, Fantasy Football Betting and Football. Um, it's great to be back, um, it feels fantastic to have uh, live Premier League sport back on after the summer break and we have had a great first week. Um, myself and James's team both scored in the 80s, well above average um, and really exciting that we announced our kind of scout uh, team for uh, the first game week uh, and then the official Premier League scout uh, picked eight of the 11 players we had. So we do know what we're talking about. We are both currently top of our leagues, apart from James, who is ahead of me by a singular point. He had Haaland and I didn't. So we're going to start this week. I'm Martin and on today's episode, we will review the opening fixtures, see what we've learned so far. We'll look at game week two fixtures, uh, potential transfers, captains, differentials, and then we'll have a look towards next weekend for our betting preview with our best bets. Our banker bet last week also landed, so well done to anyone who, who, who backed that as well. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Footy Lads Chat. And I'm joined in the studio with James. Hi guys, welcome back. Nice to have the season up and running. Uh, great opening weekend, lots to get out of stuck into on today's show. Excellent. We're going to start with a, a game week one review. We'll have a look quickly at each match, who did well, who not so well, uh, teams and players uh, and any transfers uh, that could be made. Right, we'll start off right at the beginning of the weekend, uh, which was the Friday night fixture, and which was Arsenal um, at Crystal Palace. What, what did you make of that first game of the season? Well, I thought Arsenal looked very sharp for the first half hour or so, especially in transition. A very pacey attack, but uh, after the goal and the second half, I thought it was very poor. They conceded a few big chances if, if they was playing anyone else. I mean, Eze had that chance and Edward, uh, they should be putting them away. They had no composure on the ball in the second half, lost it cheaply. Like I say, if they was playing anyone else, I think they would have uh, lost the game, but it's three points for them, open day of the season. Now we both we both backed uh, Gabriel Jesus last week, and even though he did blank, what what did you make of him? Is he staying in your team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he looked very sharp. He uh, he laid one on a plate for Odegaard, I think, uh, which he messed up. Yeah, he looks very sharp. He's going to get goals. Very happy to keep him in. One player I did like the look of from uh, Crystal Palace was Anderson, the centre back. He was spraying like fifty yard balls all over the shop. He did top score for Palace on the uh, fantasy uh, bonus points, although they lost the game 2-0. So I think he's one to look at uh, when they've got a nice run of fixtures down in four and a half mil. Excellent. Um, obviously, I, I had a big decision to make in terms of centre-half, and I went with uh, Gabriel because I just thought he'd play. And uh, Saliba was a bit of an unknown quantity after he was out on loan last week, and I kind of went for the, the wrong centre-half, to be honest. Uh, I know Saliba got... A couple of bonus points uh, and got man of the match uh, from the Sky pundits as well. Um, big player who is now the second most transferred player in for game week two is Zinchenko. Uh, and he's got a tasty run of fixtures coming up. They've got Leicester at home, Bournemouth, Fulham at home, uh, Villa at home, uh, United away, which isn't as difficult as it once was, and then Everton at home. So Zinchenko, he's, he's had a price rise and he's also gone up to, to just short of 25% ownership as well now. I think you backed him last week, though, didn't you? Well, I'd mentioned him, but I actually went for Ben White because I, I thought he would play right back. He did. He got booked, uh, but he didn't look very good going forward. And um, 
I'm a bit concerned about his place moving on later on in the season. Super. We'll go on to the early kickoff then. Uh, the uh, Liverpool going to Fulham, which was almost a shock um, of the weekend. I went with Salah. I think we both went with Salah captain. Mm-hmm. Um, he managed to obviously on the bonus point system get 34, which got us uh, two uh, bonus points each, doubled to four. However, for me, the player of, of the game, to be honest, has to be uh, Nunes. Came in with a lot more. Um, started on the bench. Uh, I know Twitter almost went into meltdown, but came off the bench, uh, got himself one bonus point, got himself an assist and himself a goal, and surely must start at the weekend. Yeah, it was a bit. I was surprised to see him on the bench to start with uh, after his performance there in City. He, he looks like he's going to get a hat full of chances. He, he got three big chances, I think, in in the half hour, thirty eight minutes he played which was more than any other player on the pitch. Well, when you are talking about uh, player of the match, I mean, that's definitely got to go to Mitrovic in my eyes. I mean, he gave the Liverpool defenders a toby time, not just with his goals, but with his holder play. People doubting whether he can do it in the frame, but I think he's proved them wrong already. Yeah, when he got the penalty from Van Dijk, no one's rolled uh, rolled Van Dijk like Swiss, didn't he, really? No one's done that for a long time. Um, We talked last week about his goal return. Last time he was in the Premier League, not looking great. Uh, But the year previous, he did bag 11, and obviously he's already up and running with two already. Now, again, another potential shock uh, of the weekend was was Bournemouth beating Aston Villa. Um, Steven Gerrard doesn't have that good of a record at Aston Villa when you actually delve into his stats. I think he's only got a win percentage of just short of 30%, which isn't great, to be honest. Uh, and then beating at home to, uh, well, away to uh, to Bournemouth. Reckon some pressure early on on Steven Gerrard? Yeah, he didn't set the world on, on fire last year. There was bang average. I think he's got he's got a, f- a few games in him, but if things don't start changing quickly, then I can see the fans turning on him. Because, like I say, he's not doing a better job than Smith was doing. I know he's still playing with kind of Smith's team, but he has brought in a few players himself. I was a bit surprised with Coutinho's signing Coutinho because after the first two or three games last season, I thought he was average, and he's a very similar player to Bundia. I, I think that Bailey started didn't see much from him. Yeah, time will tell. As for Bournemouth's performance, I still think they'll struggle, to be honest. I've not taken a huge amount from that game. I think there was just two poor sides, really. I think the next the next three fixtures for, for Villa are, are pivotal, really, in, in, in Gerrard's future and, the, and shaping Villa's season. They've got uh, Everton at home, then Palace away, and then West Ham at home. Now, if they don't get any points or, or not a great return from those three... They've got a tricky run there. They've got to go to Arsenal. They've got to have City at home. They've got to go away to Leicester. And if you're not picking up points early doors, Gerard could find himself under a bit of pressure already. Now, uh, another three o'clocker, quite lively. Um, You talked last week about cards in the Wolves game. Uh, The manager's has a bust up, uh, but there was actually no cards for uh, for Wolves in that one. What did you make of that? Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Wasn't my finest hour. Um, yeah, as for the game, I thought it was very, probably one of the best uh, games of the weekend for both attacking sides. Um, both played good football. Um, I mean, I think Leeds should have had a pen when they see Jose Sarsmacker. Uh, yeah, coming out, yeah, I understand it. I'm not sure how that wasn't a pen. Uh, but Wolves desperately need a creative 
attack who I'd put on my notes. Obviously, since I've, I've done my notes, they've signed that uh, Goides, which looks a very good signing on paper. I think it's exactly what they need. They probably do still need a 15-goal a season main man. I mean, we've just talked about Mitrovic. I think if he was in Wolves team, then I think Wolves could seriously challenge for like top six. I told you last week Connor Cody wouldn't play and he's now gone to Everton as well. I do find that bizarre giving a centre-half to one of your rivals who you're going to be fighting over similar positions for, getting absolutely no money for him if one of their centre-halves get injured. Just, if you're going to get 20, 25 million, fair enough, but sending him on loan to someone who's going to be coming like 14, 13, that kind of positions, I just find it very strange. Yeah, Connor Cody, you know, I was the one saying last week, put him in your team um, without knowing that Kilman would really get the nod in front of him. But he is still an England international uh, and they have just loaned him out for nothing. Bit of a bit of a bittersweet game for me uh, because with my predictions, I did say uh, Cody could be good value in your team going off his stats from last week and obviously he's since been moved on. However, the two Leeds players that I did suggest uh, were Jack Harrison and Rodrigo, um, who both uh, contributed massively uh, to the game. Obviously, Harrison uh, got himself uh, an assist and Rodrigo got himself a goal and the two of them also got a return on bonus points as well. Um, so I'm um, going to take the applaudits on that uh, Leeds game. However, one game I can't take any applaudits on is the Newcastle game because I did say Alan St. Maximum would score, he would get you an attack in return. And he started, he had ample chances at one point. He could have just squared one across to Callum Wilson uh, for a tap-in and take an assist. But he, uh, he had a go himself and missed. Um, the banker of the weekend, we said, was Newcastle. We put it in the, uh, the banker double um, and it returned. And it returned quite easily in the end. I don't think Forrest actually had a meaningful shot on target. Dean Henderson made seven saves. Um, it was a bit easy, wasn't it, for Newcastle? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I wasn't watching it live, but I was, I was looking at the stats in running them in. They had about 15 shots half time. I also tipped up as my main differential for the week, Callum Wilson, but didn't actually stick him on my team. He scored, I'm presuming he got bonus points as well, did he? Or? He didn't, no. Didn't, uh, no. He didn't. Um, Saar uh, obviously got them for his worldie and his clean sheet. And then the two defenders, uh, Target and Trippier, got the other two. Um, yeah, Ryan took his another one we mentioned on... On the show, um, yeah, I mean, it was a dominant performance. It's a bit early to write off Forest. I do think they're going to get better once they've had time to gel, but I do think it's going to be a... They could see themselves tailed off in five or six weeks because I, I do think they're going to struggle with getting the, those 12, 13 players, whatever they've got, to, uh, to gel quickly. But yeah, I was impressed with Newcastle. I can see why they're after Madison, though. That dominance, Almiron, same maximum. I'm not. I think they do need an upgrade on them. I mean, say maximums. He's got all the skills in the book, but I mean, his goals and assists aren't great. Uh, that Bruno looks one hell of a player. I mean, his passing was phenomenal. I think they've got a good player on their hands there. I'm surprised one of the big clubs didn't uh, get him by the looks of him. I mean, the next game, there's two things that were absolutely unbelievable. The first one that was that we couldn't believe is that uh, Spurs went 1-0 down to Southampton and were behind at one point. And I think the other one is that Spurs uh, managed to score four goals and Harry Kane didn't get a goal or assist any of them. Uh, Harry Kane is now the most transferred out 
player. Um, surely it's a bit too early if you did go with Harry Kane to transfer him out straight away. Yeah, well, I'd try to avoid Kane and Son just not for that game, just for because I've got Chelsea next. I'm presuming that's why a lot of people have transferred him out and probably bring him back in uh, game week three. But that's kind of why I avoided them to start with. I'd, I'd gone for Perisic, which I'd mentioned last week, four was a bit of a risk. It was a risk. He came on and got one point. Um, Sessignon and Emerson aren't going anywhere after that performance, I think. They got goals and they both got goals or assists between them. Um, so that's the surprise. What do you do now? Because they are going to end up rotating the fullback, so it's kind of one best to leave alone, I think, the fullback situation. But yeah, four goals and only one assist for Kane. You didn't get any in that one. No assists, nothing for Kane. No, I mean Kane and Son between oh, them. They've right, got sorry, one, sorry. one assist with four goals. That's all that returns. It's uh, very surprising. You mentioned James Will Perth last week, but you didn't put him in your team, did you? I didn't, no. He scored, he scored a good goal, as mentioned, but they're in deep trouble, Southampton. I know I read rumours yesterday that they're after Callum Hudson Odoi on there, and if they get Hudson Odoi, then that's going to help him. But I mean, that Adam Armstrong, I don't think he had a touch the first half, I think they dragged him off at half time. But, uh, they haven't got a strike, it was, have they? Yeah, it was. It was one of the first times in Premier League history where two players were substituted and they both had the same surname. So Armstrong came on for Armstrong. So there's a little bit of trivia for you. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, value in Kulisevsky, what do you think about that? Not many people had him in there. But if you look at since he came in, uh, when Antonio Conte brought him in, his stats behind him are, are incredible. Now, he already has a uh, price rise already. Would you contemplate bringing him in? Or well, he's one at the start of the season I just completely overlooked just because they brought Richarlison for 50, 60 million. I don't think he's a great player, to be honest, but I thought if they're spending 50, 60 million on him, he's going to play. So I know he was suspended the first game, so he couldn't have played, but I presumed he would play the majority of games. So, But, I mean, he was for sure the best player on the pitch, uh, Kulievsky. Um, he put some wicked balls in. He got himself a goal. Did he give himself an assist as well? Did he? Assist as well, yeah. Um, obviously, you got, we won't put him in this week because they got Chelsea away. But you certainly want to want to look at if they keep with him. Now the late kickoff on Saturday, I, I watched it, and to be honest, I found it a really tough watch. Um, Everton, in my opinion, contributed absolutely nothing going forward. Never looked like they were just going to score. They could probably have been playing up till now and, and they wouldn't have scored. I did have Jordan Pickford in my team and he did make five saves. And when he when they got the penalty, I thought he was going to save that as well uh, in a repeat of the Euros final against Jorginho. Um, we'll come on to it. I did make a late change uh, in the goalkeeper position. So I didn't have uh, Pickford in goal. He, he was on my bench. But to me, Everton are in big trouble. You just don't know where the goals are going to come from, do you? No, I mean, they started with well, maybe Gordon as a striker, didn't they? I know they've got Rondon back next week, who I'll mention later in the show, because uh, he is one of my differentials. Well, I've got a few Everton players, to be honest, just because they've got an easy run of fixtures. I think they're rubbish, but I just mean with the price and they're going to play. I don't know if they've been linked with anyone, but they certainly need a striker. I think Chelsea need a striker as well, I don't know. If they're expecting Brozier to carry the line, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, it was a very, very poor game. I mean, Rhys James had about 10 corners from in the first half and he didn't beat the man. 
on any of them. That they beat the first man. Yeah, it was, it was a difficult watch. I thought Chelsea would run away with it. Sterling looked all right, but yeah, not overly impressed with either team. Yeah, it was a, it was a difficult watch, and I think. If you're a Leicester fan, I think if you're at the King Power on Sunday as well, that was a difficult watch, losing a two-goal lead uh, to Brentford. I thought Leicester would struggle uh, this season. It looked like a couple of key players are going. Uh, they've already lost a couple as well. Um, but then when they went 2-0 up, I thought maybe not. Uh, but 2-2 at home to Brentford, you must be gutted. Yeah, I, it's actually the only one game I haven't seen any anything of. Um which I've only just realised when I'm just looking at my notes now, I'd, <laughs> I'd overlook the game. I know they've gone 2 up. We mentioned last week about putting Danny Ward in your squad when the podcast was released. He was uh, about a 1.5% ownership. He went up to 25% before kick-off. I'm not sure, not sure what he is now, but uh, we had to tip him up last week to start. Unfortunately, he didn't get the business done, but he, he, he does look like he is going to stick with him as number one for the foreseeable future. But yeah, um, both teams, I think, are going to have underwhelming uh, seasons, to say the least. Yeah, I, um, to be honest, I brought him in. Uh, he's now gone up to 26% ownership. He wasn't on about seven when I brought him in. Um, as soon as the, the deal for Schmeichel to leave, I thought, bring him in, because you're not going to get a £4 million goalkeeper that, that's going to consistently play. Uh, so I had Pickford and Ward, uh, and then I decided that possibly the easier fixture was... Uh, was the last game with Brentford at home um, and at half time we were cruising and it looked like a great decision now, he couldn't have done much with the goals uh, to be honest um, and it probably will start the next game but like we spoke about um, Aston Villa uh, if Leicester don't start picking up some points in the next couple of games they've got another tricky run coming they've still they've got to go to Arsenal at the weekend who, who played really well and there's a huge game in game week three against Southampton and if they don't get anything out of that, they've then got Chelsea and United before Spurs coming up quickly after. So again, Brendan Rodgers could be under pressure, Leicester could be under pressure, because uh, that's a tricky start to the season for them. They're not in Europe this year, are they? So. No, they've got, they haven't got that. And a team that haven't got, um, haven't got Europe as well uh, is Man United. Um, and what a disaster they had at the weekend. How, how on earth do you sum up what happened at Old Trafford? Well, it's the same old story, isn't it? I mean, the players aren't good enough. The manager, whether he hasn't had enough time, but I mean, you can't really blame the manager at the minute. He's only been there a month, but what, this is probably the fourth manager under the same players, and you get the same mistakes happening. Like, Rashford's missed a few sitters. I don't know on what planet Maguire starts in front of Varane at any club in the world. Uh, Dallo is the worst right back I've ever seen in my life. Luke Shaw's not good enough. McTominay and Fred aren't, aren't nowhere near good enough for Man U. Like, they just need a complete overhaul. Um, and now they're linked with Nartovic, which he wasn't great five years ago. They just turned into a laughing stock, which personally I'd love to see in the past, but it's just, it's just getting out of hand now. Just. Um, there's, there's been further developments on it today due to a fan protest they've actually dropped their interest in Arnautovic which again is absolute madness the fact that they're even trying to sign a, a 33 year old striker who probably passed his peak as you say a couple of years ago 
they've agreed a fee with the, the, the midfielder from uh, from Juventus, but again... With Avabio? Yeah, but again... I mean, he's probably better than McTominay and Fred, but I mean, he's not. But Juventus have absolutely had the pants down, haven't they? they they've, they've sold them Pogba for, what was it, 80 million or something like that, then re-signed him on a free, and then sold them that Rabio, who they were desperate to get out of the club, so... You've you very absolutely laughing, but as you say, United are an absolute laughing stock at the minute. They're going up. There was talk about closing the gap to the title. I mean, Liverpool and Man City are five years in front of them. I mean, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea are going out of their sights now. It's just um, they're just going backwards and backwards each season. They should have the situation with Ronaldo. He's going to get you twenty goals a season, but he doesn't want to be at the club. You need to. You need to get rid of him, start afresh, play an 18-year-old if you need to play an 18-year-old. But if he doesn't want to be at the club, don't keep him. Um, yeah, they've, they're struggling, aren't they? Uh, but moving on to Brighton, like I mentioned last week, you said Brighton would struggle. I told you Graham Potter was one of the best managers in the league. I think Ten Hag kind of confirmed that in his uh, post-match uh, interview. He was like, Brighton surprised us with the game with their game plan and he couldn't react quick enough which instead of playing from the back they took a more direct approach uh, which they only had Danny Welbeck to aim for but he seemed to get the business done against United's defence yeah I just I think Brighton are always going to be okay as long as Graham Potter's there yeah I, I was um, praising Trossard and said he offered a good bit of value in there um, and unfortunately it was it was a flip of a coin really between Gross and, and Trossard the ones that I went with and, uh, and got it wholly wrong because Groves got um, three bonus points, um, two goals, and uh, Trossard got a yellow card. <laughs> um, so we got that one mightily wrong. Now, another thing that I got wrong was I swore down last week that Haaland was not worth the outlay um, for Manchester City. And obviously, in the last game on, uh, on Sunday, he bagged himself a brace and three bonus points as well. Um, you did have Haaland. Go on, take it away. Yeah, City just their dominant usual selves. I won't worry too much about West Ham. Still think they'll be knocking on the door top six. Daskamaka looked okay. Um, I know they've just signed Courtney, which is going to be more of a squad player for Europe, I guess. Um, I think it was after someone else won that. But as for City, yeah, I mean, he's going to score a hard fun in just because of the chances he gets. He got. Obviously, the first one was a penalty, but good movement to win the penalty in the first place. And the second one, I don't really know what West Ham defence is doing, but goals there to be got, and he's put that away well. Excellent. So we've got a lot of things right there. As I say, our, our scores in game with one were, were pretty impressive. So um, we've uh, done a bit of research, and uh, we're going to have a little intro now, and then we're going to have a look at some transfers, ins and outs, and your captains and differentials for game week two. Okay, we're now going to start to look at uh, some transfers in and out for game week two, uh, who our captains are going to be, and some differentials. Uh, we're going to start with James over there. Um, you've been looking and investigating into the statistics and value and looking at players that you should potentially transfer out. Um, yeah, well, not necessarily all them things. I mean, obviously, you need to get rid of the United players until they've settled down. So, I said last week I was going to have Rashford and. Sancho or Martial if he was fit 
just because they were scoring a few goals that looked expansive. But after watching the other day, like I'd certainly just be leaving United players for another month. Like we looked at the value at the back, but they're just too inconsistent. There's better options out there at the minute. And my other one, which he's got to have big ownership before week one, was Perisic. But you're going to have to look getting him out your team until he starts getting a regular first team place. Okay, so we'll start to look at some potential transfers in then. Um, we'll start to look at the differentials. You know, we're not here to, to, to tip you to put, you know, Salah and Haaland and Kane in. Uh, we're looking for value. We're looking for those players that the, the percentage of ownership is, is at least around 5%, uh, give or take. So we'll start with you, James, again. What's your, what's, your, what's your big tip for a differential coming into the game? If you're asking me for my big tip, um, it would be Riyad Mahrez. He, he didn't start last week. But if you look at City over the last two or three years, those two wingers, he tends to play one one week, drop him the next, play someone else. So that would be what Mahrez, Grealish, Foden in the past, Sterling. Mahrez didn't start last week, so I'll be very sure he will start against Bournemouth, which on paper they could score five or six. He could be on Penos. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to be number one, whether it is going to be Holland or Mahrez. But at only 5.5% ownership at the minute, I can't see many people transferring him in because he didn't start for game week one. He is going to, I wouldn't want him in my team for long because, like I've just mentioned, he's only going to play one every two games probably or half hour one game. But for next week against Bournemouth, should get 90 minutes. 8 mil, I think he's, he's a great option to have in there and possibly captain him too. Okay, now I've, you've uh, uh, not looked at the, the same team that I've gone with, uh, and my top two differentials actually come from the same team. Uh, I'll go in my first one, um, and I know we've talked a bit about it already, about how this, this team are under pressure already uh, to start getting results, etc. Uh, and my first differential is Leon Bailey uh, at Aston Villa. His uh, ownership is currently at 6%, and they've got Everton next. Um, Everton with a team that just did absolutely nothing for me at the weekend. They don't look like they're going to score. Um, they they couldn't string a couple of passes together. I think they're in serious, serious trouble. Um, I'm putting down the weekend result at Bournemouth uh, just to a promoted side coming up, and it's a bad time to play them. And I think Villa, I think will be up for it. I think Villa Park will be up for it. And if you look at Leon Bailey at six percent ownership, he scored four in. Uh, four goals in the six pre-season friendlies that he played, so he's coming into it with a little bit of form. He also got a goal for Jamaica against Mexico over summer, so he's in goal-scoring form. He will start, um, and I think the crowd will be up for it, and for five million, you can get him in your uh, midfield. I think he's certainly a good option. We'll come back to my second uh, Villa differential after you throw in another one. Yeah, well, I'm actually going to throw in three. Um, because they're all from the same team so I might as well quickly run you through that as mentioned earlier in the show Everton although I don't think they're a good side I think they'll struggle the next four fixtures are Aston Villa Notts Forest Brentford and Leeds all of them four potentially bottom half clubs you've got Pat- Patterson at the back right back looked good against Chelsea He's only 4 mil and he's only got 4% ownership. His potential for attacking and defensive returns over the next four weeks. 
Uh, I think uh, he will he will stick in the starting lineup ahead of Coleman, even when Coleman's fit. Here we've got Salomon Rondon, which I mean doesn't get many goals, but he's the only striker at the minute unless they bring anyone in before the weekend. He's only on 0.3% ownership uh, for a starting striker in the firm of five million. He, he looks a bargain. Uh, and the other Everton player is Anthony Gordon, who I mentioned on last week's show. He's only got 1.4% ownership, uh, but he, he will play as one of the attacking three, and he's only 5.5 mil. Nice. So you're finding some value in the teams that they're not necessarily aren't performing as great at the minute, but, but that's what Fantasy League's all about, obviously, picking up the bargains and getting the returns. Um, I've gone back to Aston Villa, um, and I've gone with Lucas Digne, for he's got four percent ownership, um, five million pounds, and again they've got Everton up next. Um, that's his former club. Everton only managed eight shots um, on uh, the weekend against Chelsea. None of them tested uh, Mendy at all. They lack a focal point up front, so I think the chances of an Aston Villa clean sheet uh, are good. Um, I know Everton today have signed a defensive midfielder, but they desperately need a striker. Um, so I think the chances of a clean sheet for Villa uh, are quite high. Dinya also takes corners uh, and some free kicks. And uh, after he was transferred in from uh, Everton last season, he tripped in with four assists. So he's got the potential to give you uh, defensive uh, and attacking returns. Uh, fantastic. And I'll move on to another one. Um, it's a Leeds player. They've got Southampton this week. Then, then they've got Chelsea, but then they've got four nice fixtures with uh, Brighton, Everton, Brentford and Forest. And it's actually Aronson. He started by wing the other day. Looks like he's going to fill Rafinha's boots. He was unlucky not to have a goal, which got took off him with the own goal. He looked very sharp, dangerous. He's only 5.5 mil uh, with the 1.2% ownership currently, which uh, that's only going to increase over the next few weeks. And for someone... Who is going to be playing wide wing? 5.5 mils, but very nice. I know Mika Richards has him in his team uh, and sent an angry tweet to Fantasy Premier League um, of the weekend because he was running around his front room, he said, uh, celebrating because he thought that they'd, they'd scored because they tweeted out that he got the goal originally, only for it to be, uh, for it to be taken off them. My next differential, um, and it's not so much a differential, it's a player that we talked about last week who had a great season last year, uh, but with the upcoming fixtures that they've got, um, it might be time to bring in Jared Bowen um, obviously a lot of people stayed away from him that's why his ownership is down because they had City on the opening weekend they were right to stay away from him because he, he didn't contribute anything at the weekend however his ownership is still at 6% uh, and the next run of games they've got Forest, Brighton and then Villa so he's not used to being called a differential uh, his ownership's only down because of his opening fixture but it could be the time now to bring in uh, Jared Bowen. Yeah, nice. I've got uh, next one. I've got it's a bit of a question mark at the minute, but certainly one to stick uh, in your notepad is Callum Hudson Odoi. Obviously, he's at Chelsea at the minute, but there is rumours uh, circulating that he could be going to Southampton on loan. If he does make that move before the weekend, then I would certainly look to get him in because uh, I've got Leeds at the weekend. If that move materialised is in the next couple of game weeks then looking at the fixtures Southampton probably game week six before you start wanting to have Southampton players have got four 
nice fixtures there. I know we mentioned Carl Walker, uh, Philip, what's his name? Carl Walker Peters last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you'd certainly probably wait till game week six. But if he does make a move, I would certainly look at him. And at the mini, is 0.1% ownership. Would that count Hobson Adai? Yeah, five and a half mil, 0.1% so ownership. There's, there's been a few developments on that because uh, Southampton aren't the only team in there for now. Uh, Leicester have come in as well, so it could be a good move if he goes to Leicester. Uh, probably, yeah, even better, five and a half mil. a bit of money to spend as well um, from people that they've sold. But also, Bridget Dortmund have come in from as well. They've got quite a good track record at developing uh, young players. So they might have just stolen a march on the other two, but it's definitely a, a watch this space. Now my last differential, um, it's, it's kind of mentions two players to be honest, um, and uh, the two Brighton players, um, the star of the weekend, and then the one that I was tipping uh, prior to game week one. So uh, differentials again, because uh, their ownership is still really, really low. Uh, we've got Trossard, who's still at 2.3%, or... Uh, uh, Pascal Gross, who's now at 2.7%. Depending on how much money you've got is which one I'd go for. Um, If you've got 6.5 million, then you can get Trossard. If you've only got the 5.5 mil, uh, Gross is there. Reason I've gone for these two is I expected a price rise, to be honest, in Pascal Gross, and there hasn't been as of yet. Um, So you might want to get in there early. Also, the run of fixtures they've got is really, really kind. Uh, they don't have a um, difficulty of higher than three until game week nine. Um, so they've got Newcastle at home, West Ham, Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth, Palace. Now in the Premier League, it's very, very rare that you get such a run of um, kind of fixtures. So either of them, if you can get one of those two into your team, even if you're rotating them, um, your bench they're definitely going to offer you value especially the way that Brighton play I've got two left um, not the, probably the best two but certainly two I'll be keeping an eye on the first one's coming from Fulham and it's Solomon he's, uh, he's just been added to the game as a midfielder he, he looks like he'll play more of a left winger when he settles he will be a starter for uh, Fulham take away a kind of sit in Carvalho space from last season he, he will add assists and goals they've got Wolves this weekend it might be a bit too early for him uh, but then they've got Brentford game week three but when he does start playing he's definitely one to uh, look out for at only five mil he's definitely got some pedigree he's obviously played in the Champions League before with the with Shakhtar and he's also scored in the Champions League against Real Madrid and against Manchester City so he's definitely got some pedigree, so I think you could be right there. When you get him up and running, he could be, uh, he could give you some value. Yeah, I hadn't seen him uh, play before the weekend. He just, uh, you know, when you just look at a player and he just looks like a fo- football player, doesn't he? Call composed on the ball. Uh, yeah, he just does look a player. The last one I'd wrote before Wolves had actually signed that uh, Guedes yesterday, and he was Huang. He's only got 0.5% ownership. He started up front uh, at the weekend for Wolves. They've got Fulham at home this weekend. I would expect him still to start up front. And probably if Guaidez, if the, if he's ready, I think he'll probably take that Morgan Gibbs-White's uh, position. And like he's listed as a midfielder, Hoang, at the minute. And he's 6 mil with only 0.5% ownership. I think he's definitely worth getting him in for a few weeks uh, with the goal threat he, uh, he can get from midfield 
Yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see what Poise, as we're recording this, Daguedes isn't on the game. I'm presuming he's going to be midfielder. What price point they put him in? It'd be nice if they put him in 5.5, the same as Neto, but with the goals and the assists he's provided in La Liga, he's probably going to be 6.5, 7, I'd presume. Mm-hmm. Might be a bit, uh, might be a bit steep um, mm-hmm. making his Premier League debut, but we might touch on him next week if he gets a debut. Um, right, we're going to start to start to look at our captains for the weekend. We both went with the same captain uh, last week. Uh, we both went with Mo Salah, who who did get some returns. Um, however, have you changed this week? Yeah, I mean, just because I've got Bournemouth at home, it's going to be Haaland for me. I think most weeks we're going to be saying, sitting there saying it's got to be Salah or Haaland. I had mentioned Mahrez previously, but that's more of a risk. You want to just do safety. Salah's got Palace at home, City's got Bournemouth. Spurs have got a difficult game, obviously, with Chelsea, so it's just got to be a toss-up between them. Nothing, uh, Nothing crazy this early on in the season for me. Yeah, you you just touched on that it's going to be Haaland or Salah. You've gone with Haaland, I have gone with Salah. Um, They've both got uh, relatively kind home fixtures. Um, The only reason I've stuck with Salah, to be honest, is um, I think Liverpool playing on that uh, Monday night, uh, obviously under the lights at Anfield, um, with the sky cameras there as well. And also, they'll have a point to prove after dropping points already. Um, So I can see Liverpool scoring quite a few and uh, Salah usually gets in on the act. And obviously, you get more more returns from a midfielder scoring than you do a striker. So I've gone with Salah, you've gone with Haaland, and we'll find out next week um, which was the right choice. Okay, we're now going to get to the part where we start to preview uh, the next game week, uh, which this week starts on Saturday um, at half twelve at Villa Park with uh, Everton travelling over to Aston Villa. Um, again, I've put some, I'm going to put some Villa players into the team, uh, Leon Bailey, uh, Digne, something like that. Um, so I am going to go with a home win, um, just because I can't see where the goals are coming for, uh, from Everton, unless they make a big move in the transfer window in the next coming days, which I just can't see happening. Um, I'm going to go with Villa. I'm going to go with... Um, both teams not to score because I can't see where the goals are coming for for Everton and I'm just going to sneak a 1-0 win for Villa I think yeah it's not top of my list for games to watch this weekend both teams look poor first uh, weekend don't think either team's got creativity or goals in them it's it's 0-0 for me certainly a low scoring draw just like you say someone could nick you 1-0 but it's going to be a difficult watch uh, the early kickoff. Okay, one which might not be a difficult watch uh, because of some of the football they played last week was uh, was Arsenal v Leicester. I think Leicester are in trouble. I think their heads will certainly be down after throwing away a 2-0 lead at home uh, against Brentford. And I can see Arsenal um, continuing and, and getting maximum points again. And I'm actually going to back uh, Gabriel Jesus to, to get a goal today. Um, I think it will be um, a home win, 100%. Um, I can't see anything else apart from that. Yeah, you'd expect Arsenal to win here. Leicester haven't signed anyone uh, through 2-0 lead away. They are 1-2 though, Arsenal. I mean, it's not 
a place I'd be rushing down the bucket to back. Uh, like you said, if you you're better off probably looking at the goal scorer markets, which you've mentioned Jesus there. Uh, who else play? Who will play? Will Martinelli? Martinelli play? should play. He had a good game, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. It's a game I'm looking forward to watching. I think Arsenal will do the best, but it's it's not one that I will be uh, betting on. And that's interesting because we'll, we'll come on to betting in the, in the next segment. Um, Brighton and Newcastle. Um, I've gone with score draw, one apiece. Two good sides. Um, both still got business to do in the transfer window, so I think that they uh, will share the spoils and it'll be a score draw. Exactly what I've put. Score draw. Pretty much exactly what I've, I've put. Two good football inside. Uh, I think it'll be a great game to watch. Looking forward to it. But I won't. You could see a result. You wouldn't be surprised any result, uh, either team winning. But yeah, so I'll I'll go for like a go for a two-two draw myself. Now, absolute certainty. I did have a look earlier, and they were they were as uh, the prices were as bad as one to twenty-five on Man City um, to beat Bournemouth. Hundred percent. Obviously, they should be beating uh, beating Bournemouth. It could just come down to the fact of how many they're going to score. Um, have Bournemouth got any hope at the weekend? No, it could be a cricket score. I mean, they can score as many as they want. Uh, Bournemouth are going to be in for a shock this early on in the home campaign. <clears throat> There's going to be no shocks there. Uh, you've got to be looking at possibly the handicap markets. I think they're even minus two. I think they're only even money minus two. Yeah, we're looking at the handicaps for Liverpool, though. Um, at the weekend against Fulham, but it's, it's a different story when the, the superior team are at home, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The Fulham look, was up for it last weekend, closing down, small pitch. Bournemouth ain't going to have that luxury at the Etihad. They're going to be hanging on for mini one. Uh, it's just longer they can keep it nil-nil, the better. But, I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise if it was 4-0 inside 20 minutes. Right, a team that have also had some drummings at home last season. I know they had a 9 0 loss um, with Southampton. Uh, Leeds come to Southampton this weekend. Um, it's a tricky one to predict. We've both said that uh, that Southampton are in for a bit of a rough ride this year. I actually thought Leeds might be in for a rough ride last year. They managed to win on opening day, uh, and I think they'll also get a point at Southampton again with a score draw. Yes, yeah, Saints are in a very dark place at the minute. Leeds were one of mentioned on last week's show that I thought they would be in the bottom five they looked okay last week to be honest they uh, surprised me a little bit um, played some good stuff against Wolves Wolves ain't the easiest team to beat whereas Southampton are and you can go around 9-4 on Leeds at the mini which like I don't think is the worst place in the world no and again another one that I thought was a good price Um was I think 13 to 10 on Wolves to beat uh, Fulham at home. Uh, I thought they'd be a bit shorter than that. I think Fulham, yeah, they were up for it last week. I thought they had a game plan to nullify uh, Liverpool. But again, it's a different story when they've got to go away from home. Um, the Wolves crowd will be up for it. They've, they've made a few signings already. They do play good football. They, they were very unlucky uh, in defeat against Leeds. So I'm going to go with a home win in the Wolves game. Uh, pretty much exactly that. I I kind of priced uh, every game up myself before checking the prices just to see, just to compare my prices to the bookies. When pricing up Wolves, I had their mods on five to six. Then I was shocked to see when I, I went on odds checking that there was 
Well, there was seven to five. You just said there was thirteen to ten. Whether they've been backed in a little bit, but there was seven to five when I looked. I think it's a massive overreaction from last weekend. Fair enough, Fulham played well, but it's going to be a total different proposition at uh, the Molyneux, and I think they're uh, very good odds. Yes, I, I fully agree with the odds on, on Wolves, and again, we'll touch on that in the betting segments. Um, the late kickoff: Brentford, um, Manchester United. It's the uh, Christian Eriksen derby. Can United get off the mark? <clears throat> I'm leaving United alone in fantasy. I'm betting for a month until things settle. They're just too inconsistent. It could be any scoreline. You wouldn't suppose if they went to Brentford and beat them four, but it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if they lost four. It's just you struggle. You struggle to predict anything with Man United at the minute. You don't know who's going to play, what performance they're going to put out. They do have a team just best watched for a few weeks, in my point of view. Yeah, I've gone with a score draw. If I, if you're twisting my arm and I had to say something, I just can't see United going in 90 minutes without conceding. Uh, but they also have got a lot of firepower. Um, they've got a lot of uh, talent. They've spent a lot of money on a lot of attacking players. Um, so if I was going to throw a bet out there, I'd probably just go with the both teams to score in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the ground that will be rocking this weekend, uh, the county ground, um, Nottingham Forest, against West Ham how will they will they fare better than they did away at Newcastle they can't fare any worse like you said the home crowd is, is certainly going to be up for it which is going to play a big factor West Ham I think are odds on 5-6 to six. you would expect West Ham normally to go, go there and win but the atmosphere is certainly going to play a part this early on in the season. I do expect there to be goals. Uh, Forest have got to play a bit more expansive than they did away to Newcastle fans when let them sit back for 90 minutes. You know at West Ham play, they're just all out attack most games. Uh, they can see goals, but they score plenty as well. So I can see a lot of goals there. Uh, I think it'll be like a 3-2 West Ham maybe. I can see goals. I can also see cards. I think I don't know if the occasion might get to a few people, and I can see it just being a heated game. I think Suchek and people like that for West Ham, Declan Rice. You know they, they can be quite aggressive. Suchek was was lucky not to get at least a booking um, at the weekend with that challenge on Jack Grealish. Um, I'll just go with both teams to score. I think it'd be a great advert for the Premier League, and it'll be nice to have uh, Forest back. Big clash on Sunday night, um, Chelsea versus Spurs. Both may have winning starts in game week one. One, I'd say Spurs probably played better. Um, Chelsea didn't pull up any trees, but again, I am going to go with a home win. I think Chelsea might just sneak it. Um, what do you think? It's a very intriguing game this uh, early on, game week two. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to watching it. I don't. I, I, yeah, I've got no real opinion on it, to be honest. Um, don't feel comfortable predicting one there. I, I do think he'll be, be low scoring. Uh, the managers aren't known for the too much expansive football. So I do think he'll be like a 1 0 to either team. Yeah, but a great game this early on. Excellent, yeah, and it'll be a good yardstick of uh, with where those Spurs are going to be able to compete in a title race. Um, wrapping up the weekend, um, well, it's actually the weekend will be over, but wrapping up the game week, uh, 
Monday night, Anfield, under the lights, Palace got any chance? No. Uh, the same with the City Bournemouth I mentioned earlier. It's very, very rare, it's certainly under Jurgen Klopp, that Liverpool have two bad games on the tour. The main characters in the dressing room will make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, it's definitely the wrong time to be playing Liverpool this week. Uh, Nunes will start, and I do think they'll be rampant. Uh, first game back the season, Anfield, absolutely rocking. Yeah, I, it's just how many they'll score, and uh, but you, I'd go for like three, four nil Liverpool. Yeah, I was going to say. I think um, I think if someone's prodded the bear almost, and I think Liverpool will be annoyed. I think they'll be they'll be really annoyed with themselves that they drop points so early on, especially then having seen uh, City go out and, and get a, a, a result, a, a, a tough away game. Um, I think you know. I think this is more of a banker than than City than City at Bournemouth. Um, I think Liverpool and hopefully Salah um, will get a lot of points as he's my captain. So, we're going to uh, start to have a look at uh, our last week's predictions. How did we get on? And then we're going to have a look at our this week's best bet and a treble each. Okay, now we're on to the betting segment. Uh, we're going to have a recap of last week's predictions. And it was a winning start, a big green tick. Uh, the best bet that we said last week was Newcastle. Um, at home to Nottingham Forest, they were four to six uh, to win that game. Um, an easy two 0 win for them. Just touch and go at half time. But if anyone who watched the game, to be honest, they were, they were all over them, and it was never in doubt. It could have even been more in the end. Um, so a great start, a nice two 0 victory, and uh, a nice four to six banker in. So with that in mind, we're going to give you our bankers each. We both went for the same one last week. Um, we have made sure that we've gone for different ones, so if you want to, you can put those into a double, or you could um, back just James, or, or just back myself. Right, your banker, your absolute, if you're putting your mortgage down, what is it on this weekend? I've gone uh, for Chelsea to get nine or more corners, uh, those seven to two. They got 15 last week, which was a bit of a, a turn up, but... When Chilwell and James played played together, um, they only had five or six games last season to start with, but they was averaging over ten a game during that period. The way they play, they just get it out to those wide men, and they do create a lot of corners. Against Tottenham last year, they played them a few times. They got checking my thing. They got over nine or more three of the t four times I played them. Uh, Conte likes to play a bit of a counter attack against the big teams. They'll be sitting back uh, to get nine corners, seven to two. Fantastic bet. Excellent. Um, I'm going to go with uh, an, an absolute banker, and it's a lot of a It's a big shorter price uh, than the four to six we had last week. But I just took the one to two on Arsenal. Um, they played very well in parts last weekend. Um, the back at home, um, they kept possession well. I think Leicester have a lot of issues. Um, they'll be absolutely seething after letting a two-goal lead slip against Brentford. Um, I think the home crowd, um, I think there's a feel-good factor around Arsenal at the minute. And I think they will start the game a hell of a lot shorter than one to two. Um, so if you want to put that as a, as a bank of double, 
uh, it's certainly worth it. But if you just want an ultimate banker, uh, you've got to be going for Arsenal there at one to two. Mm-hmm. Right, what's your uh, treble then? Let's try and have a look at some some bigger odds if, if we wanted to. Uh, right, yeah, I've got my treble. Um, no surprise if you just listen to uh, part three. But I'm actually going to go for Wolves. Um, just because of the the price, I think they're overpriced. Too big a reaction from last weekend in terms of Fulham. Just signing Guedes. The fans will be bang up for it to the Molyneux. Obviously, they're, they're a, a solid Premiership team. Uh, unlucky not to get in the top six last year. You know, I just think there'll be too much for Fulham this weekend. Again, what we've just mentioned on the uh, previews. I'm actually going to go for Forest v West Ham over 2.5 goals. I think there's plenty of goals in there at the city, uh, city ground. West Ham always involved in goal thrillers. Forest will come out. Plenty of attacking football on display. Uh, plenty of goals in that one. And my third one is going to be I'm not mad keen on taking even money uh, minus two goals but Man City at home to Bournemouth. Uh, there's not many home games uh, Man City don't get three or four goals in. It's certainly against teams who have just got promoted. Like I say, I do think it could be five, six, seven, eight, um, minus two there I'm going to go for. And those three treble uh, pays seven to one, which is extremely nice. Uh, hopefully that'll get us off to a, another winning week. Excellent. Now it's quite interesting sitting here listening to your to your treble, um, but maybe this should be should be uh, classed as a banker as well then, because the first pick in my treble is Wolves. Um, I had them at, at thirteen to ten. Uh, now you know you said they were at seven to five earlier, so they, it shows that they're already being backed in. So I presume by the time um, kickoff comes around at the weekend, they, they might even be evens or, or less. Um, 13 to 10, 7 to 5, wherever you can get the best odds on Wolves. I just think, I have to totally agree with you, they are a very good team. Um, and I think people are jumping on the bandwagon that Fulham have got a point against Liverpool, so they're potentially you know, maybe better than they are. And uh, Wolves played really well in parts. I know they did got beat at the weekend, but played really well. And I think the Wolves crowd will be up. Um, and I think, they'll, I think they'll, they'll win at Molyneux. So Wolves are the first one in my treble. Uh, my second one um, is Bolton or draw, okay, um, and I've gone with it just as just as another winner, just another green tick. That's one to three at the minute. Um, just adding into the treble. Um, I know the odds aren't great, but again, absolute value. Um, Bolton at the weekend won three 0 against beaten playoff finalist Wickham. Um, Port Vale at the weekend. Um, got beat 4-0 at Exeter. Um, Bolton are looking really strong, unbeaten already, and they played one of both of the uh, main two uh, promotion candidates already. Um, they've got a great away record as well. So at one to three, not there for the price, just there for the green tick. My third one um, is the whole Norwich game. I've gone with both teams to score yes. That's currently eight to eleven. Um, Hull have scored seven times in their last eight home games, so they're consistently scoring at home. And Norwich score goals. Um, if anyone watched their game at the weekend, they were absolutely robbed how they didn't beat Wigan Athletic. They're obviously a relegated side, um, but some of the football they've been playing has been fantastic. 
even though they haven't got the results that they wanted so far. So I've gone with Wolves, Bolton or draw, double chance, and then Hull, Norwich both teams to score yes. That gets you a treble of 4.3 to 1. Uh, so for your £20, that'll get you just over £105. Um, yeah, that's it. Go on there. Yeah, very nice. Touching on the Wolves again, I, I did nearly put them as a banker. Um, it's interesting that we both picked them. Uh, hopefully that the listeners who have stayed with us this long, they, uh, we can reward them with a, a couple of nice treble victories and get them some drinking money for the weekend. Excellent. Now, obviously, we're, these are only our opinions. Um, obviously, clues gamble responsibly. When the fun stop stops, only bet with uh, what you can afford to lose. Uh, if you need any support on gambling, uh, have a look at our social um, media at Footy Lads Chat. Now, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, please like and subscribe on your preferred listening platform. Give us a shout out on our socials. I'll give you those again. It's at Footy Lads Chat. Thank you for tuning in. It's goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. <laughs>